You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Hello and welcome to the 64th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. That silence you hear, that's the little guy on the apple orchard, picking apples and tasting them and deciding which one would make the best cider. Mm-hmm. How was that for an intro without the little guy? That was, it was okay. I mean, kind of miss him. Okay. Yeah, I do miss him. But thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We apologize for any type of technical difficulty, lack of other hosts. It has been the busiest week of the summer. Birthday week. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now at Cyclocross Masters age level. Um, we also had some travel, mm-hmm. and it's just been kind of a, a crazy time, which goes against the busiest week of bike racing all year. And so we're going to talk a little bit about it. Tour de France. This is Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. And I am joined by Spencer Howe up in Boston. How are you doing, Spencer? I'm pretty good. I'm recovering from a a tough weekend of of mountain bike racing, which is, I guess, this new thing that uh, the kids are into. Uh, I'm going to try it again next weekend, too. So uh, if you want to hear more about that, I'm, I'm happy to tell you about it. It was, uh, it was gnarly. What? So you did the Narweasels, correct? And it was in Rhode Island, my uh, home state. And I did see a really cool uh, video from uh, Big Bikes Tom over on uh, Dirtwire.tv, and yep. it looked pretty badass. It was pretty badass. The video does uh, does it justice, but it was definitely even gnarlier and, than it looks. Um, and just to be clear, Big Bikes Tom was the only promoter and the mm-hmm. only one that did all the work, right? Yeah. Like, didn't yeah, really have any and, help, right? You know, um, we probably, I mean, we could probably give him tons of advice about how to how to even improve the event for next time. Um, but uh, you know, that's not something we do here, so we'll save it. Yeah, I'm sure someone will write a blog post trying to take credit. For promotion the race, promoting the race. But, uh, of course, we're joking because uh, our friend of the podcast, Colin Reuter, results boy, proprietor mm-hmm. of mountainbikeresults.com, yep. was uh, the one behind it and with Big Bikes Tom. And mm-hmm. it seemed like it went off really well. And some of the technical features, the gap jump looked pretty yeah. sick. Yeah. It was it was way, way past my skill level. And... Uh, I'm impressed that people were hitting it during the race and uh, and some of the stuff these uh, so so called quote unquote mountain bikers can do um, because as a roadie everybody knows I'm at the peak the pinnacle of cycling and uh, you know but to be impressed it's it's pretty tricky so uh, kudos and to them. It seemed that uh, I didn't see any podiums with five people on it so that was really great to see. Yep. I did see mm-hmm. one podium bike. So I will let him uh, slide on that. Uh, hopefully in the future it goes away. Uh, so anyway, there's that. Next weekend you have another big UCI mountain bike race. I'm paying attention to that one because uh, that's the Boston Rebellion mm-hmm. because local Florida superstar and master cyclocross national champion Ryan Woodall will be up there racing. Oh, cool. So uh, make sure everybody up there cheers for him. And uh, other than that, 
I say we just get down into the uh, Tour de France. And since little guy's not here, we're we're not going to get into the um, Velo Games teams because I know you guys are waiting to dissect my amazing selections, um, and also go over some of the fine uh, team names. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that kind of a revisionist story on the next podcast where we'll look to see where we made errors. Yep. But going into the tour, um, there's a lot. Everyone can read the news, but today, stage six, very tragic day. Uh, Tony Martin. Breaks his collarbone. He's out of the jersey. He pulled, the second... a pretty, uh, pulled a pretty cat five move, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, that's something we learned on the track, is that when you're always lean opposite the way you want to <laughs> lean, like, if yeah. you're on the left side of the guy's wheel, lean to the left. And, ah, just tragic. Because it's the second yellow jersey to lose the jersey on the bike. Yeah, to to be knocked out of the race while in the jersey. To have that happen twice is, is pretty impressive. Um, we were pointed out uh, the stat earlier today on Twitter that uh, Tony Martin becomes the 16th person to uh, exit the tour in the yellow jersey. So, you know, hey, a little light at the end of that tunnel maybe for him. Yeah, you know, and I think Tony Martin, as he's going into contract negotiations or whatever, you know, he can talk about this. Like, hey, guys, I had the yellow jersey, but I was the 16th in history, so I need a pay- price bump, uh-huh. uh, pay bump. And you know, it's it's been kind of a, a weird tour for Etix. Uh, quick step, um, Tony Martin actually could have gotten into the yellow jersey a day earlier if uh, Cavendish would have just pedaled two more feet, because mm-hmm. um, that was when Cancellara took third place with a time bonus to then take the jersey. So he fought really hard for it, um, and then the most bittersweet of the day being Zednik Steibar of the same team taking the win. So of course we're excited about that mm-hmm. and. You know, it's just kind of a sullen moment because they lost Tony Martin. But Tony wasn't going to win the race anyway. No. So, I do have a theory here, though, Spencer. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, and I know our listeners will, too. So, if he's mm-hmm. the second guy with the yellow jersey to be the crash, okay. Nairo Quintana yep. is actually in the best place position here because I want to say of all the contenders... He's probably like in tenth, eleventh place. So if this, if this, uh, you know, like after TJ Van Garderen and some of these other guys, that if all these other guys get their chance in the yellow jersey and they're crashing out and you know falling off the side of a mountain <laughs> and all that, Nairo is going to be the one in the yellow jersey come Paris, and that's what I picked. That's what I banked on. Um, so you're, my, you're, you've got a last man standing theory. Yeah, and if there's anything oh, I've learned about Nairo Quintana is that he's he's tough. He's not, maybe not the guy you want in a bar fight, but he's the guy that's going to be able to get out of the bar fight alive because he would just crawl through the crowd and find his yeah. way out the door. Yeah, I could see that. So, anyway, um, what do you have? Uh, what 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 was the most uh, standout moment for you in this first week of the tour? Man, there were so many standout uh, uh, moments. You know, the tour is always crazy, but. Uh, you know, I thought for sure we were going to see some some major fireworks on the cobble stage. And, uh, you know, there definitely were some moments. But uh, in the end, everybody came through uh, pretty much unscathed. So, uh, you know, that was that was a big moment, really, that, that nobody went down. Yeah. And it, it's good to see because you don't want to see the tour decided on something like that. But 
it's also really good to know that all those dudes can handle that kind of racing. You know? There was a distinct lack of complaining about the cobbles from one certain individual who now finds himself in, what, second overall? And, uh, you know, so good on him for uh, doing well on the cobbles and not losing his tour because of it. And Nairo was able to continue mm-hmm. on and some of these other riders. So, again, it was pretty cool to see uh, Nabali trying his uh, best to, to break yeah. it up on some of the cobble sectors. Um which but, you know, last year he was able to just ride away, and yeah. uh, and this year not the same story. So, and you know, it was. I think that that's a pretty good one with the cobbles. My favorite takeaway of it all is just going to be the variety of the stages. Is that Greipel has won two sprint stages, mm-hmm. but they've been pretty exciting sprint stages. Today wasn't really a sprint stage. You know, it was more of a a, a puncher's route, and Stybar won. Certainly the crash had something to do with that because of the climb and almost every contender was taken out, including, you know, um, Broom and uh, Nabali and Nairo in, a, in addition mm-hmm. to Tony Martin. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, today's stage was, was pretty awesome and it, it's been a tradition of that. And it's, it's actually been a lot of fun to watch seeing bike racing that isn't predetermined every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like the tour is definitely made a lot of steps to shake that up over the last few years and uh it's not the same old uh watching alejandro pataki's lead out train you know for 20k barreling every breakaway down and then him sprinting to the victory uh right at the end there and so uh you know it's new it's the new normal and i kind of like it sorry i had to hit my inhaler there you reminded Uh me when you said pataki and um Okay, I can breathe much better now. So, uh, Ooh. Take I have a TUE. Just, just, oh, okay. Just one more. I, I've got a TUE, so I'm totally good. All right. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, I thought, what's a low point of the uh, tour for you? Well, the low point definitely has to be some of the crashes. And, um, you know, you never want to see, especially that massive pileup that took out Cancelera. That did not look pretty. Yeah. Those guys were moving at that particular moment in time. And, you know, same with the Martin crash. Like, this one was just, like, so, just kind of a bummer move. Like, it wasn't, uh, you know. Your low point your low point there is very similar to mine. And the reason I'm going to totally interrupt you is not that that's my style, but because the crashing, and now that they have the onboard cameras, it... Mm-hmm. Uh, the sports networks have been running the onboard cameras of just the crashes. Mm-hmm. And that is a little frustrating because it's crash porn, right? And it's it's sad that they're not concentrating on, like, the cool aspect. And so that's kind of a low point to me. But then at the same time, one of the high points is the technology we're getting out of it with these cameras. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know if you saw the Eureka Green Edge um, YouTube channel, which is a must-subscribe for anybody. Is They have yeah. a video with their mechanic is wearing a GoPro on one of those strap, um, chest strap things. And so you see him working the carnage of the, um, of that crash, Michael Matthews and making sure bikes running back and forth between the cars. And that is probably one of the coolest things I've seen from this year's tour. Yeah. There's been a ton of that. A few teams are doing it. Tinkoff and, uh, Katusha have all been releasing videos and, and that stuff is super exciting. It, it, you're right. It's it's definitely focused on the on the crashes, and that's kind of what they're playing in the broadcast and stuff. But um, 
Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that that's that's what is making it out there in the world. But at the same time, that's what's going to draw people in. And that was and one hell of a crash. Holy yeah, crap. Hopefully like make that... them into better fans later after, you know, after we can suck them in. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll see the cycling's all right. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it was just, it was kind of crazy. And then second, um, another highlight for me is uh, today's uh, King of the Mountain winner oh, yeah. uh, from MTN Quebec, yep. uh, Daniel Teclehaimanat. Uh, Teclehaimanat. Nailed it. Of, Nailed uh, one, Tim. Of Eurasia. Eritrea? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Um, we'll anyways, to, we'll have to get in touch pretty... with our, our African correspondent, Dan from Nam. Uh, Dan Craven. Dan from Nam or uh, Taylor Jones is going to tell me a lot about uh, Eurasian history. And I will say that it is pretty cool to see two riders from that uh, country, former Italian um, colony, and that's where the history of cycling has uh, influenced Ooh. them. Uh, but they have their own uh, big stage race. And it was pretty cool to see him take the, the polka dots today. So uh, get to, you know, and I love that MTN Quebec team. Mm-hmm. They may be my fourth favorite team. They're quickly becoming my very favorite team. Um, I, and the only reason they're fourth favorite is because of Tyler Farrar's on it, oh, you know, and it's, I, I can't elevate them anymore. That's a pretty sick bird. I, <laughs> I will say that, you know, I have three teams I care about. Um, they're definitely one of those three. Okay, so it's Movie AG2R, Star, Movie Star, Movie Star, Star and uh, <laughs> MTN Quebec. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I've, I've always, you know, and I no, think no, a lot I, of people feel AG2R like this, uh, that you got to be a big fan of the underdog, and there is no bigger underdog. Well, let's say the some of the small French teams are maybe bigger underdogs, but no realistic underdog better than MTN Quebec. And, and what a good team to cheer for. It's well, like the cool they, runnings of cycling. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, they have the biggest underdog of them all, Tyler Farrar in the sprint. Like everyone, like he's just good enough that you're like, oh, maybe today's the day. And then you're like, what were you thinking? What um, a good day. He's going to get his Ty- Tyler. Pass. Tyler is my favorite American in the race this year. I want him to slay it. I That team is making me excited. Like you can see, yeah. I am uh, getting excited just, just thinking of this team because <laughs> of how they're going after everything. So good Absolutely. for them. Um Absolutely. Hey, on a side note, I've been doing a lot of bike riding here in Orlando. Um, a lot of early morning rides, like 6 a.m. rollouts. Gross. And there's been about 100 people on the rides, right? A couple big, big rides. And there's way too many focused bikes. Um, okay. It's kind of like it was cool in Gainesville because, like, everyone at Swift Cycle that had – like, everyone that had a focused bike in Swift – in Gainesville, got them from Swift Cycle. Yeah, yeah and you know, you know, ahead. it's you, nice. You got yours, and you were yeah. a cool guy. And then I come down here. Now you're, now you're just in with the mix. You're in with the scrum. Is that what you're saying? But there's like a good twenty focus bikes on the ride today out of a hundred. Okay. Like it's a good twenty percent, like fifteen twenty percent. Enough that I can't imagine that there's that many focus bikes being sold at full retail in mm. Orlando. Okay. So now it's like, and they're all on the same team, right? So it's like a team deal. So they they ever they all got like a good deal. We wear the jersey, have the focus bike. Nice guys, no problem whatsoever with this team, and they're really fast and good. Okay. But then I show up with a focus, but I'm not on the team, so I get a bunch of weird looks, and then it's like, oh, who's the guy on the focus? 
And I feel like everyone thinks that I was on their team at one time and maybe kicked off or that I'm like a team groupie because I have the same butt. No, both of those scenarios are believable, you know? Like I could see either one of those things being very true. That Um, I could get kicked off or be a groupie of a team? My best advice to you, Tim, uh, right off the bat, is, yeah, trade that bike in. You just had a birthday. You're in for titanium now. You should just go straight for it. Well, um, you know you're in the master's age. You know, so about that, and this is ride. so I've been working on Sarah about this. I've said, hey Sarah, you know I'm 35, and I don't know if you listen to the Slow Ride podcast, but one of the rules is when you turn 35, you need to seriously consider a titanium bike. Uh-huh. Uh, Swift Cycles a Moots dealer. I can go get a nice Moots. So I'm excited about it. Um, but then she had the audacity to point out to me that I actually only turned 34. And then I had to tell her, yeah, but my cyclocross racing age is 35. So really I'm 35. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's time for a Moots. Uh, if anyone wants a nice <laughs> focus that's been taken care of professionally, it's cleaned all the time, looks great. Uh, you can Barely just give me written. a quick <laughs> – Barely ridden until about three weeks ago because the out-of-town form is on fire right now. Okay. Uh, let yep. me know so I can start uh, my titanium uh, quest. Yeah, great, great. I'm glad this has turned into an advertising platform for you. They can email the slowridepodcast at gmail.com with all hate mail regarding this impromptu advertisement. This is right. This is right. This is Ryan Woodall, Florida's first cyclocross national champion. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, let's get back to the tour. So mm-hmm. when are we going to finally hit the mountains? Is that on, uh, like, next Tuesday? Yeah, so we're going to – we're sweeping around the top part of uh, France here, and we're going to head down to the Pyrenees next, and that's uh, okay. that's where the exciting mountains are, in my opinion. This steep – like gnarly gross mountains you don't want to have to ride up those are the good ones yeah and then uh and then we do of course and land yeah yeah, Yeah. well i think you know with my theory quintana is going to take the jersey on the last day at the alp d'oise the second to last day the last day that matters so well cool stuff all the way around on the tour um have you been surprised by anything like i was completely surprised by the uh Ability of Chris Froome to drop uh, Quintana the way he did up the mirror hmm. um, when he rode with uh, Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, it was just one of those ones that you're looking at and, like, Quintana dropped 12 seconds to Froome right there. Like, yeah. it was easy. And you're just yeah. like, oh, man. I've been – I've actually been surprised by a lot of things. Um, you know, too many to go into really. But, like, the prologue surprised me. Like, I – I thought for sure it was going to be Tony Martin or Cancelera, and I did not see uh, Dennis coming out of that with the victory. And uh, so that was surprising. The yellow jersey changing hands so often has been surprising. The crashing has been surprising. Um, has it really though? Hmm? See, the crashing hasn't been surprising to me. I mean, it's been surprising crashes, but it's the, been surprising the, where it's happening. Yeah, it's in the, the front of like of them too, and it's up uh, front. Like it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not like in the middle of the pack. Like we're talking like. Guys at the 10th, 12th wheel. 
I think the most amazing thing that I've actually seen, and, and this is a very small part of the of the tour overall so far, but uh, the most amazing thing I have seen, uh, stage five finish was a sprint that Greipel won. Uh, it, was, it was yesterday, but nobody cares now that they're listening to this a few days later. Um, stage five, Greipel won it, but Sagan came from like 20 wheels back yeah. at about Mach 5, definitely twice as fast as Greipel was going. And if that line had been five <laughs> meters further up, he would have smoked everyone. And that dude has been hitting second place like a hundred times so far this tour in yeah, they... stages, which is amazing. But he's gonna he he's recently Someone pointed out that he's got my fourteen yeah, second place finishes in his career. It's insane, but he's re-solidifying my theory that he is you know, the greatest cyclist we have going right now. He he proved it with the climbing, amazing climbing at the Tour of California. He can sprint with the best in the world. He can do one-day races. He can go off the front and be in breakaways. He, he is the current day Eddie Merckx, um, no matter what you want to think about him being a, a young guy and kind of a firecracker, uh, if you It would be fun that. to see. It would be fun to see him go all out for the uh, the white jersey, to see like how long he can last to keep it. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen because he has to help Contador at some point. Like, at some point, it's all systems go for Contador, and Sagan mm-hmm. is just going to have to be in his own world. And that's uh, and he's he's been being a great teammate too. Like on top of finishing second every day, <laughs> you know he's been he's been up there. He's been uh, pulling Contador up to the front during the cobble sections and watching after him. It's he's. I've been really impressed with him. Like I think he's matured a lot as a bike racer, and uh, you know he's always had the talent, and now he's now he's you know putting in that much work for the team and still being up there at the finishes. It's impressive. So, well, cool. And then the final thing I did want to talk about: I really hate the Tour de France transfer season. I think it's disgusting mm-hmm. that during the Tour de France, yeah, um, these riders are then negotiating contracts with other teams. Um, yeah, I think the UCI needs to put some kind of. Uh, moratorium on negotiations uh and find a way to do that like if if uh if agents are caught talking to team owners or something because it it question i question the um sportsmanship of it the legitimacy of some of it like because cycling isn't exactly the best reputation for fairness is richie port really riding for Froome or is he riding for tj right now like who knows it's it's really uh, frustrating to me how they're going about yeah. this. And I well, wish and that, you know, in soccer, it's like there's a transfer season and that's yeah. the only time you can talk. In cycling, yeah. it's like who has money, what teams are going away. Like, so Europe right. car is going away and it's yeah. like, where's the tongue going to go? <sighs> and it's just tough. We get the same problem with cyclocross too. Like the way they negotiate the contracts, everybody changes bikes and jerseys right before the world championships like they change on january 1st and world championships a month later um you know after doing a full season with a different team it's kind of strange like they need to look at that seriously and do a transfer season in in march you know or in february right after cross worlds but before you know the perry nieces of the world start and get the tour down under off the calendar and crap like we don't need bike racing in january <laughs> stupid that might be uh Platform number five of the Slow Ride podcast is just get rid of the tour down under. Um, so it's never, again, it's never going to be the seventh monument of cycling. So get rid of it. 
<laughs> All right. And with that, I uh, uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. It was an abbreviated episode. We're going to have Little Guy back uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, special guest uh, Coach Tim may be joining us as well. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to thank everybody for listening to us and making fun of us and, you know, just being involved because that's that's what makes this happen. You, Obviously, you know, we don't have any cash sponsors. You know, this is just no. – this is for fun. <laughs> you know what I want to do is give a special shout-out to everybody in our Vela Games League. We had over 100 people sign up for that, which yeah. is pretty rad. Um, so thanks, guys. Thanks for playing along. And uh, uh, this Justin from the uh, Satellite Newsroom, a uh, little guy just sent us a note here that we got a new review on the iTunes. All the Greenway news you crave with none of the BS. A five-star review from Franco Bones. It's kind of like sitting next to the cool table in the break room or coffee shop and overhearing awesome, unscripted <laughs> conversations about all things cycling. You have no control over the flow of conversation. But you're totally okay with that because your earballs are enjoying it so much. What? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, thanks. And next time you see us at the I, coffee shop, pull yeah. up a chair. Because we'll totally listen to it. And then we'll critique your opinion on the next episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Well, we won't even tell you your helmet's on backwards. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Uh, you're what makes thank this fun you. for us. And we appreciate it. Thanks go out to uh, BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his track Tama mm-hmm. Du Cannibal off the album Radio Du Cannibal. It's our theme song. Mm-hmm. And also, thanks for tweeting to us at the Slow Ride Pod or emailing us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks for subscribing on iTunes. Leave us that review like Franco Bones, and that helps us out. Mm-hmm. And finally, that helps us get noticed by, by important cycling news publications like the Inner Ring, who left us off there podcast rankings. They did. Only the second year in a row. So I figure by year 16, maybe we'll be on there. And remember, always (laughs) wave at those other spandex clown suit, clown suit wearing nerds that we pass on the road. They're like us. Wave. It's a brotherhood. Yeah, Yeah. wave. Give the head nod. Give a wave. Um, And for us, we'll catch you again next week. Don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. We'll catch you again next week. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.